0: We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. Continuing our study of the inseparability of sharia and tariqah by Kandelvi. Uh, okay, fire away.
1: Okay, so so for me what I was doing is I kind of like just, I had a Webster dictionary for Arabic at home, okay. and I looked up the words for like sharia. Yeah. Um, there are a few words. Um, taqwa and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, those were kind of basic, just like um, when I looked it up, uh, it was just like for like taqwa, it's like for you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's how yeah. I said, like for the root letters. Yeah. So it, was, it wasn't anything like new. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Sharia, like law, giving and stuff like that. Okay. But the only weir- the only one that was completely different, and I left my book, at- left the yeah. dictionary at home, was, and it, it was, if so for taqaleed, We we said that it was somebody who like Almost blindly follows yeah. an individual, or or almost Yeah. So I looked in the uh, dictionary, and it said that for Muqallid, uh, that uh-huh. he can like just almost blindly follows. But like for taqlid, for the qawaf uh, alam, for like that the root yeah. letter, it was like the, one of the things that it said was like it was the first thing. So I think it was something about like. Like a yoke. No, it was like oh yeah, maybe because like it was like putting a necklace on a woman. Mm-hmm. So that's what I said, and I was just like, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Uh-huh.
0: So, so, uh, the basic idea, why do we use Taklid for blind following, is is more, you'll see it uh, in the sense that you have an animal that you're trying to lead, so you mm-hmm. put a yoke around the animal to lead the animal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the basic idea, why it's considered blind following. So you're just going wherever it is you're being led.
1: Right. Okay, cool. Any other words? Um, let's see. I marked the pages, but I don't have the don't so Okay,
0: it's okay, no. all good. Okay, what I'm going to give you then uh, for further study is other sources to look at to see see what else you can find. Mm-hmm. Look for all the different meanings and backgrounds for all these things, inshallah. Okay, uh, where are we reading next now? Okay, so at the bottom of page XVII, I'm going to start with
1: the sawuf is comprised of two essential parts, a sheikh, and secondly, meditative devotions and exertions. Okay, so
0: this is already a really big point right here, that proper the sawuf, you have a teacher, okay? And then on top of that, you have uh, what's used here as meditative devotions and exertions. So on top of your salah, on top of your ibadah, you're going to be given prescriptions on what to do. Or let's say you're someone who's weak in your ibadah, you're gonna be given you're going to be given other prescriptions and how to be good at them. Okay. The mistake a lot of critics of Tessaw make, as well as a lot of fake Tessaw people, is is replacing Ibadah with other things. Okay. But here uh, Sheikh Kandelvi is very, very orthodox. So you have the Sheikh, who is essentially like a doctor of the heart, but we're gonna see it, mm. and the prescriptions.
1: Do you have an example of a prescription, just in general, or is it like something...
0: So, you know, like we say, in Islam, celibacy is not allowed, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, But a person might have to go through a period like that to get Mm self-control, right? Uh, Or a very common one is someone who has self-control problems, they might have to fast uh, outside of Ramadan, right? Uh, I think everyone who is a public Muslim preacher should do the fast of Dawud, alayhi salam which is every other day. Yeah. That's a huge, difficult fast. Mm-hmm. But the the celebrity scholar circuit or the celebrity preacher circuit is such an open ground for fitna yeah. um, that I think uh, to control the, the, the jalut inside of you, the, uh, the Goliath inside of you, those people should be doing the fast of Dawud Yeah.
1: The purpose of the sheikh and meditative devotions and exertions is to help a seeker attain the level of ihsan and to remove all obstacles that come between the seeker and his destination, the attainment of ihsan.
0: Yeah, okay, so, so think of the hadith uh, related to Islam, iman, ihsan, just like we covered in class. And if you were to put the different fields, uh, Islam in that hadith is associated with fiqh, okay? meaning your actions on the outside, which is what we're covering these days in class, right? Iman is often associated with aqidah, giving your aqidah perfectly straight. Ihsan is tasawwuf. Yeah. And what is the goal of tasawwuf? I would slightly modify this. The destination is closeness to Allah, which is the state of ihsan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Okay. So, another word, so sometimes people are allergic to the word tasawwuf, so the word ihsan is referring to the same thing.
1: And I remember early on you were uh, saying something about how under, under different like lights, under, like for example, um Islam from the like sh- Sharia perspective it would ha- it would mean certain thing versus mm-hmm. in the in the perspective so but for Ihsan is that the same case so essentially
0: Sharia is referring to your actions okay. um and to lesser degree it would be referring to things like intentions and such okay whereas the sawuf is focused on your heart and in reality, everything you do is an expression of what your heart is seeking. Okay. Even the way I'm sitting right now is revealing something about what my heart is seeking. Okay. The what I choose for how I dress, the words that I use especially, mm-hmm. okay. um, are reflecting what's in my heart. And so what we're saying is that the more you purify your heart, the more automatically your actions will and shall become upright. And so this is the difference between taqwa and fatwa. The more you can increase your taqwa, the less you're going to have a need for fatwas. Mm-hmm. So what is fatwa? Basically, it's saying, I'm having trouble following the rules because of my situation. Where can I get an exception? Right? Or what is a proper prescription for me in terms of action? Mm-hmm. Okay? But the higher your taqwa is, the less you're going to have those concerns. Okay. That's the theory. So, yeah, the, the stronger, the more pure you can make your heart, the more pure your intentions will be, which means the more pure actions will be inshallah.
1: Some of these obstacles are hatred, jealousy, arrogance, anger, love for wealth, love for the self, etc. Yeah. I think uh,
0: in our era, meaning urban America, 2017, I think love for the self is the biggest one of them all. All of these are present, right? Hatred is there, jealousy is there, arrogance, anger, love for wealth. I think narcissism is the biggest one right now. And I think social media even contributes to narcissism. You know, whether it's Facebook or emails. In the past, if you wanted to learn something from someone, you had to go a distance. Now everything comes to you. Mm-hmm. all right. And I think all that feeds narcissism. That's just my, my thought. That's like the biggest one. Yeah.
1: Four things are required in order for a seeker to gain maximum benefit from his shift. Number one, trust in his spiritual mentor. mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, adherence, ittiba. Number three, submissiveness, inqiyad. And number four, to inform,
0: Okay, so all these things are going to get uh, explained in just a moment. This is maximum benefit, right? And again, in Chicago 2017, it's hard to have all these, right? We're just in that era, you know, where it's hard to, to even find people to to trust. But I think trust is the first one. Right. Someone who you trust. Yeah. Um, and then the other ones relate to staying attached.
1: Yeah. yeah I don't know. Do you read, like, Muslim matter art- articles? Yeah. I read everything in general. Oh, okay. So, like, there was one article, like, uh, recently, maybe, like, last week. I just, like, read a little bit of it, but it was kind of talking about, like, this narcissistic ideology where, like, w- with when it comes to knowledge, um, how, like, it was, like, about... Elitism in knowledge and like how being critical of everything is almost like destructive too. Yeah, do you totally. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I, I think I skimmed through it. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So that does that like? Do you think that affects? Physical oh,
0: physical? totally. I mean, so the way you're taught in the academy, meaning the university, you're being taught critical thinking, yeah. right? And and so when you internalize that, you're looking for a flaw in everything, yeah. and you may not even realize it. So whatever you're spending all your day doing, you're going to internalize it more than you realize. And so a lot of people have been conditioned just to look for flaws, including in themselves. And then they can't see the good that's present before them. And so every sheikh is going to be a human being, right? And and, um, and then um, it's going to take a, um, you know, if you look for what your sheikh does wrong, you're not going to follow anybody. Give me one second, let me just talk to this person. Okay, so, so the point being that, yeah, it gets very easy to start looking for flaws. And it's the same problem when people are looking for a spouse, that uh, you want someone who's absolutely perfect, even though you yourself are not perfect. And you want someone who's not complex, even though you yourself as a person is complex. And some of that, I think, is not just your, the, our education system that's contributing to it. But our whole mythology of America is all about ideals and such, right? And, and sometimes when we, it's almost like extremes. Either someone is super, super perfect, or we show how wretched they are, as opposed to regular people. Yeah. Every one of us is complicated. Yeah. I mean, what, uh, one thing to look for, like, you can't really evaluate someone who has more knowledge than you. Yeah. Like, how would you, do, how would you evaluate that? But you can't evaluate their, their behavior, not haram halal. I mean, if you see haram, then that's a big red flag. But how do they conduct themselves? You know, what is their anger like? Those are things, you know, what are their manners like? Those are things you can you can see, inshallah. And what is their patience like?
1: Interesting. <clears throat> trust, iratiqad, is in the mentor, is like a bridge by which the seeker gains the next three qualities and progresses in attaining ihsan. There is nothing between the mentor and the seeker without trust. That's the bottom line, yeah. To acquire the attributes of adherence, ittiba'ah, and submissiveness, inqiyad, love for the sheikh is essential. Okay,
0: so this is a very important point. The core is you move from trust to love. You want to love your teacher. I mean, the whole fo- one of the big foundations of our whole tradition that's been wiped out quite a bit is love. So even when Sufis are doing maulid, what are they doing? They're, they're expressing love for the Prophet, peace be upon him. Which by extension becomes gratitude to Allah for giving us the Prophet peace Mm -hmm. be upon him. So when Sufis do things that seem kind of strange. Like sometimes people will keep a hair of the Prophet peace be upon him. Or even maybe a piece of a sandal or something. Someone looking from the outside will say you know you're going too far. Mm -hmm. But you'll notice this you know if you have a loved one who's passed away. And you'll have some little type of memento that becomes really meaningful. Mm -hmm. So my mother has a spoon that belonged to her mother, right? I mean, it's just there. We don't even pay attention to mm-hmm. it, but it is meaningful just because it was her mother's spoon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and so all of these are attributes of love, and very central to the whole Sufi outlook is developing love. Mm-hmm. So, continue.
1: The more love one has for his mentor, the benefit, more benefit he will gain from him. This is why the books of Teseboff often emphasize the importance of love for the sheikh. Mm-hmm. Adherence, itzibah. In in that, the seeker is consistent in performing the meditative devotions, ashghal, yeah. and exertions, mujahadat, yeah. prescribed by his mentor.
0: Okay, so ashghal is, you know, it's almost like, uh, it sounds like what keeps you busy, but basically it's your, your regular uh, exercises. Mm-hmm. Mujahadat will, will be even bigger exercises. Mm-hmm. And so, ittiba is also a word we use regarding the Prophet, peace be upon him. Yeah. So, what is the ayah in Surah al Fatabi Imran? Okay, that if you love Allah... You know, say, if you love Allah, then follow me. Mm-hmm. Allah will love you and forgive your sins. Mm-hmm. And so, so when we speak of sunnah, sunnah as a legal category is lower than farth. Farth is, you have to do it. Okay, Sunnah is usually meaning you should do it, and if you skip it, it may not be a sin unless you skip it too many times. Yeah. right? That's if we talk about the legal category. Otherwise, when we mean sunnah of anything that the Prophet did, mm-hmm. Upon so the example I think I gave in class once is that the prophet peace started wearing a ring and then the next day all the sahabas were wearing the same ring, mm-hmm. same finger. And then he takes it off, next day they all take it off. right? And why they're following everything that he does, this is adherence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Continue.
1: Submissiveness in Qiyad is, is that the seeker does not question his mentor nor does he raise objections in his mind or heart against him. Objections against the mentor are the main cause for deviation of the seeker, as they are a sign of arrogance in his heart. Okay,
0: so objection is not the same as asking for clarification, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, objection here is argument. Okay. And nevertheless, sometimes, I mean, a way to think of the murid, the student of the sheikh, mm-hmm. uh, a really good analogy someone else gave me, is that the student of the sheikh is like the hospital patient. And the sheikh is a doctor. And so the hospital patient is already sick. And it could be that their problem is anger. And so they're, they're wrestling with the fact that they can't stop fighting with the sheikh. Okay. Uh, but the principle is that you have trust in the sheikh. that The, tr- the sheikh is not a charlatan. Okay? He's not fake. And he's going to give you something, understanding what you need, inshallah. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then you try to take it. And then the bigger battle inside is that you always keep a good uh, opinion of the sheikh. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to start thinking, you know, shaitan's going to jump in. Mm-hmm. What is a sheikh now? He doesn't know anything. Likewise, this becomes training for how you look at the Prophet, peace be mm-hmm. upon him, and how you look at Allah. Mm-hmm. Because there's the ayahs in Surah Al-Hujrat. Like in my class, you did, you did no, no, it's right. the other class, you did Surah Al-Hujrat, you did Surah Yusuf. And so there's the ayahs where the Bedouin Arabs come and say, you know, Amanna, we have, uh, we have believed. And then they're told to say, no, you have submitted you believe when you have no doubt about Allah and the Prophet, peace be upon him, and you struggle. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, and the point is that uh, shaitan is going to try to keep putting doubts in your mind, your heart, and you keep overriding them with, no, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, you know, the, the sheikh is doing the right thing, inshallah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this becomes an issue if you know that the sheikh is doing haram. Yeah. Then a lot of people use the excuse that, well, the sheikh is at such a level, it's not even haram. No. Haram is haram. Yeah. yeah. Okay, continue. Or do you, uh, you have a question?
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, in that sense, I guess either I'm just guessing it might yeah. like refer to it later, but if somebody's trying to look for like somebody to follow as a sheikh, um, how do you know, how do you differentiate what is like worthy of being your sheikh? Or so,
0: my approach is you try one, and then if it doesn't work, you go to another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I'm going to look for who's the best one. There are There are techniques. Like uh, one person once told me, say allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa Ala Alihi wa Ashabihi wa Say three hundred times every day. Mm-hmm. Your teacher will start coming forward. I started doing that, and an old teacher of mine literally, you know, came to an event that I happened to be at, and no one was expecting him to be there, mm-hmm. right? So there are those things, but when you're connecting yourself to a sheikh, it's voluntary, mm-hmm. right? It's not like you're taking shahada, and if it's not working, you separate. Now, how do you know when it's not working? When the sheikh is being abusive to you. Mm -hmm. So I've even had teachers in the past, I'm thinking of one particular teacher who was very, very abusive. And I wanted to stay with him because he was so brilliant. right? I was learning so much, but he was so abusive that if you even question him slightly, he just tear you to shreds. And now even when I see him, it's like I freeze. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the point is that, more often than not, if you connect yourself with the sheikh that you trust, it'll still be good. Because even the bond itself is very, very spiritually therapeutic. Yeah. Right? Aside from... I mean, there's always going to be a sheikh who knows more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And the, the thought Shaitan's going to put in your mind is, well, I want a sheikh that good. And that's yeah. a trick from Shaitan. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then also, um, when it comes to, like, like when it's talking about a sheikh, is it, like, a specific sheikh of, like, the sawuf who... Guides you through, or, in general, like the you Like for example, in the Chicago area, uh, the only one I would like know who. Or the no, don't people? put any names in this recording, oh, okay. but yeah. So the, there's only a few people that I would know who would be like. I like, so Yeah, I only put
0: a few people on that list. Yeah. And we might be thinking of the same people or not, but
1: yeah, yeah. So it's almost like it's it's like they're really hard to find. Yeah. To, that, that. yeah. All right. to inform, is uh, data is to keep the spiritual mentor, mentor informed of his spiritual states, his performance and devotions, and any other information that helps the mentor understand the condition of the seeker. So this
0: is also goes with trust, mm. because sometimes you're going to be hesitant to share these things. right? And think of all the different things people share with me in my office. Mm. It's definitely an exercise of trust. So many, many private, private matters that people share with me. And it's a trust that they're putting in me, right? And uh, uh, it's an honor of the trust that I have to keep. Because um, otherwise, that if I share it, it becomes a form of violence. Yeah. I, that's what happens when you violate someone's trust.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Other names for tazkiyah are tazkiyah, suluk, tariqa, ihsan, haqiqah, ilmul adab, and ilmul il- 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 akhlaq.
0: Okay, so let's briefly look at each of these. Tazkiyah is purification. Mm-hmm. So tazkiyah is the idea that there are things impure that have to be purified. Suluk is the path that you're taking. Tariqah is the path that you're taking. And the slight modification is, Tariqah usually is referring to being part of a Tariqah. So if it's an activist movement, often we'll use the word Jama'ah, right? Jamaat Islami, Ikhwan al Muslimin, these are all Jama'ahs. Tariqah is when you're, is usually a whole chain of sheikhs. The Qadri Tariqah, the Shadili Tariqah. Uh, so in Chicago, the big ones are the Qadris. Uh, and the shadlis to less degree. Mm-hmm. The aadlis seem to be very, very present here. Mm-hmm. The chistis are also very present, and some of these will branch together, mm-hmm. right? And so that would be your sil mm-hmm. You know, you're you're doing bayah with a sheikh who had bayah with a sheikh who had bayah with a sheikh who had bayah with a sheikh, going all the way back to usually Abu Bakr or Ali, then to the Prophet peace mm-hmm. be upon him. That's mm-hmm. usually how it works. Um, and some of that is also a matter of trust. Because a lot of these tariqahs formed 600 years later as actual tariqas, yeah. right? Ihsan, we've talked about, haqiqah is looking at reality for what it is. So, I think, uh, it might have been in your class where I said that there's different types of spirituality. When we use spirituality in America, we might mean exhilaration, which is just the same as getting high. Yeah. Someone feels, oh, it was such a spiritual event. But it usually means they just got, they felt a rush. Yeah. right? Or metaphysics... Uh, so you have physics, and the metaphysics get into, gets into the immaterial world, and it focuses usually on ethics. When we're speaking of, of spirituality, we're speaking of clarity. So when you fast, you know, a lot of times when people are fasting for the first time, they say, I don't feel anything. Yeah. But what they're getting is clarity. That's halika, seeing reality for what it is. ilm al-adab, that's pretty straightforward. This is knowledge on how to conduct yourself. Usually we say manners, and then ilm al-akhlaq is character. All these things are part of the Sawuf.
1: So how do a lot of people take in like, the idea of Darita? Because like, I can imagine a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, like bidra or something
0: like that. I mean, what people... So the bidah part, uh, I don't agree with, because Beda, which is what we're going to have in just a moment here, is the model of the Prophet, peace be upon him. And some will say, well, you only do that with the Prophet. Yeah. The Prophet didn't have to take bya. He took bya multiple times during his, his leadership. Um, he already had that much authority. He didn't have to take bya. It's, so it's in the Qur'an, this is Surah Al-Fat, and also Surah Al-Tawbah. Especially Surah Al-Fat, you know, Allah's hand is over, over the, uh, the, the, the bayah. Um, and this is also the, you can say for lack of a better term, the sunnah, or the practice of the ummah for most of our history. Right? Mm-hmm. But what makes it repulsive for a lot of people is that level of trust you're putting into someone. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are very, just in the same way that people have reduced love out of our deen, People have also reduced uh, trust out of our deen. People are allergic to the idea of bayah. Uh, I think bayah is wonderful. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <coughs> okay. Pledging allegiance with the sheikh, bayah. <coughs> bayah is not essential to s- the sawuf. It is only to signify the importance upon which the bayah is made, which is ab- abidance by the sharia. Otherwise, the main components of the sawf are, as mentioned above, abidance by the sharia means to uh, abstain from all sins, major and minor, and to fulfill all the requirements and laws of Sharia through the bayah. Through the bayah, the sheikh vows to help guide the seeker in reaching the aforementioned objectives, while the seeker takes the responsibility of adherence and submissiveness to the sheikh. He also agrees to keep his sheikh informed of his spiritual condition and developments. Okay, so this
0: is more of a repetition, right? And so the bayah is you are pledging your allegiance to the sheikh. And that's repulsive to people, right? You can understand how that's repulsive. It's like you're giving too much to the sheikh. But it's voluntary. You can step away, right? I mean, I had this one issue with, with a particular person with whom I had, I had given bayah, where the person was doing things that were, uh, at least in my understanding, categorically haram. And, and, okay, that's like, okay, you can't do that, right? And so at the core of the bayah is you are going to try your best. Right? That's really what the core is. The text of the bayah really depends upon whatever the text is. Sometimes it's just a handshake. Sometimes people will actually use one of the bayahs of the Prophet, peace be upon him, like baya'at ridwan and in a nutshell, it's to listen and obey. Okay. That's usually most of the bayahs. And then whether it's easy or hard, uh, whether someone gets preferred over me or not, Uh, so long as it does not violate Sharia. And I must also raise my voice when necessary. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Regardless of, I'm not afraid of of blame if I speak the truth. Right. And the hard part is that now you're making an even formal commitment. I'm going to do my best to fulfill Sharia. So this is not a small thing. Mm -hmm. But it's also something where you're connecting yourself with someone. You know, you'll hear me over and over again talk about the importance of connections, about relationships and such. So that's also what you're doing here. Um, let's stop right here. Next time we'll get into the vicar and Hassan and such. And then uh we'll build from there. Okay, any questions?
1: Um, no. Uh, okay, we could
0: be do it after the recording, part. so.
1: Oh, uh, no, it was just like the what is it called?
0: Um you had the, the different resources that you went yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we'll talk about that after. Okay, Subhanakallah behind Shadwilla, Illa Hilla Anta, Nesta Firakana to be lake. Subhanakallah behind
1: the Shadwillah Illa Hilla Anta, Nestaq Firakan to be lake. Subhanakallah behind the Shadwillah Illa Hayla Anta, Nestaq Firakan to be lake.